What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Mookie Finance Show podcast. And in today's episode, episode number 26, I want to talk about why does fear motivate us to save more? And a lot of this is going to be talking about really what happened in March of 2020 with the whole COVID pandemic and how we quickly went from a savings rate of about 7 8% in uh, January. And this is on average, by the way. I got this from uh, the online Statistica website. Um, and the average savings rate in on January twenty uh, in January twenty twenty, I should say, was seven point eight percent, and then compare that to April of twenty twenty, uh, just four short months later, it was well over thirty three percent. So, what changed there that got people to wake up and start saving? Because a savings rate of thirty three percent is phenomenal, in my opinion. Of course. I will challenge you to uh, save even more and aim for 50%. But if somebody came up to me and said, hey, Mucky, I have a savings rate of 33%, I'll say job well done. You are doing what you're supposed to be doing. But only in times of fear and when we're scared and when there's great uncertainty do we save this type of money at this at this rate. But generally, when times are well, like kind of today, well, there's some uncertainty now with uh, some of the news coming out of Afghanistan and what we don't know what's going to end up happening there. But for the most part, the stock market's recovered. Uh, uh, job reports are looking good. Everything's looking okay. And uh, the June uh, data came out for the savings rate, and it was at 9.4%. So people aren't saving anymore. They're back to spending. And they will continue to spend until, again, fear kicks in. And something bad happens and they'll go back to saving. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't spend your money. Of course, I'm on the uh, spectrum of you should delay gratification. You should have discipline in your spending. And you should be able to control every single dollar that leaves your household. And you should know where it's going to. And it should have a purpose of whatever it is that you're buying. You know, I've uh, over the past three years, as I've gotten better with handling my money and being someone who's in control of my money, I've cut out using credit cards because they didn't allow me to have control. Now, I know a lot of you guys come up to me and you tell me, oh, I can use a credit card and I have control. I'm, I'm going to call BS on that. But if you think you do, that's fine. That's your life. It's your decision. I'm just sharing my journey. And in my journey, I don't have a room for credit cards because they don't allow me to have control. They're kind of designed as uh, impulse buying mechanisms, really, when you think about it. Uh, I know it's a piece of plastic, just like a debit card. I get that. But the psychology behind them is very, very different. Um, on a credit card, you have a, you have a, a credit limit, um, meaning that it's money that you can spend up to, but it's not necessarily the amount of money you have in your account to be able to pay that bill, right? So maybe you have a credit card limit of 10000 but you only have $400 in your checking account. There's a potential there for you to overspend, and, and that's what typically happens. But I, I, let me get off that soapbox there, all right? I'm not going to go ahead and, and uh, I'll save that for another episode when I get really angry. Today, we're talking savings rates, right, and fear. So what happened in March of 2020 that got people to wake up? Well, what happened was um, we've been in the greatest bull market for the past, what, 10 years 
Um, the stock market didn't really have a big blip. Uh, it did back in uh, this, uh, to close out quarter four of 2020, uh, 2018, I should say. And believe it or not, in December of 2018, the savings rate went up by 2% when the market kind of took that little correction there. So it's funny how market movements are correlated to savings rate. And I never would have thought this, you know, and uh, here I am, somebody who looks at saving statistics, who helps clients figure out how to save money. Um, but I never really put the two and two together. I never correlated that, uh, you know, certain uncertainty in the market allows people or forces people to be fearful, which again is realistic. You know, in March of 2020, um, when I saw my account get cut by what, 20, 25%, I wasn't, I don't want to say that I wasn't fearful. I just didn't know what would happen, but I knew I had money saved that I could survive for the next two years if I needed to, right? Even if I lost my job. But most people, the way they, they, they do this is they are reactive uh, instead of being proactive, right? So when it comes to savings, I prioritize saving 50% of my income, no matter what the climate is in the stock market, no matter whether there's fear out there or there is no fear, I prioritize saving 50% of my income. What I see here and, and what I continue to see is people only save when they think the worst is about to happen. But when everything is going good, meaning they have their job, um, they're employed, they're insured, they're... Uh, they're driving around cars they probably can't afford, buying stuff on credit cards they don't need to impress people they don't like anyways. And there's this entire uh, mentality of nobody's afraid. Um, when I used to work at a bank on the lending side, I would be shocked at some of the things people would do. For example, and again, I'm not going to name any names or any of this because there's a whole different privacy thing that would get me in trouble. But I'll just use this as an example. Um, talking to uh, to one client one time, he who shall remain un unnamed said he would like to take out a car loan. I said, no problem. What's your credit? Or give me the approximate credit because we'll run the credit later. And he said, well, you know, it, it's about six fifty. I'm uh, currently delinquent on the car that they took away from me. I said, what? He said, yeah, with a straight face, I'm delinquent on the car that they just towed away, that they repoed, so I'd like to apply for another car loan. And I said, you know, we can go ahead and do the application, but you need to understand that the way the the system works is if we run your credit, one, it could get dinged. Two, if there is a uh, collections on your credit, you're probably not going to get approved by this financial institution for another car loan, especially if you're delinquent on one right now. And he was appalled by that. And that's what I'm talking about. People are not afraid when things are going good. When they have a job, they can do a whole bunch of stupid financially and it gets covered up. So you can go delinquent on one car loan and take out another or think you can take out another at least. You could try, but you probably won't succeed. But stupid gets covered up when things are going well. Well, when things start to fall apart like they did in March of 2020 and people were starting to get laid off because COVID was uh, shutting down a lot of businesses that uh, were in the service industry, for example, people got worried and they started saving, save, save, save for a couple of months until 
guess what? Stimulus checks started coming out. And there's a direct correlation with stimulus checks coming out and the savings rate going down. So all of a sudden, people felt, oh, I have money again. I'm okay. This is going to be okay. This is not so bad. Even if I'm laid off, I'm actually making more money than I would when I was working. So I can go back and spend again. Student loans are on uh, currently um, paused, at least the interest rate is. And if you're someone who, uh, again, if you're not on the in, on the path to student loan forgiveness, which I know is is a thing, but if you're not on that path, and there's no chance your student loans are going to be forgiven, the government's not going to forgive your student loans, by the way. Um, now is a great time to be paying down that debt while you're basically incurring no interest uh, charges on your loans. That's amazing. That's a perfect time to pay them down. You know what people are doing? You know the people that I talk to, what they're doing? They stopped making payments on their student loans and they're spending money on stuff. So they're not afraid because they think that, well, I don't have to pay my student loans. The government said I don't have to, at least for another month, a couple of months or so. Why should I? There's no fear, so they're not motivated. They just go back to spending like everything's normal. Same thing with rent or, or, or the mortgage forbearance. People are taking advantage of that even when they don't need to. Oh, I'd like to take three months of mortgage forbearance. And instead of taking, okay, let's say you really think this is a good idea and you take that because the all, all you're doing is just adding that interest and that principal on the back of your loan. So you're just extending your own inevitable um, uh, ability to pay it back because it's going to catch up to you. You're going to have to pay that money back whether you're, for, you know, whether you're forgiven for three months. It's not like it just disappears, right? But if you take advantage of that and then you turn around and you go spend and you get a new iPhone or you get a new computer or you get a new TV, a new gadget, a new home decor item, a new Amazon box that comes to your door, you just prioritized spending versus paying down your mortgage. You're not afraid. So I want to scare you today because what I'm seeing out here is scary stuff. And financially, I am well prepared to weather a big storm. I'm prepared to hunker down for five years if I have to. With no no income coming in, I'm ready. People out here that I talk to and uh, some of uh, some of my closer friends that I've talked talk to in the past, they're not ready, right? There's people that are not even thinking about retirement and they're in their mid to late 30s. Well, guess what? Retirement is going to happen, whether you want it to or not. It's You don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about it. But eventually, it's going to happen. And what's going to happen, again, is you're going to be 55 or 60. And then fear is going to start to kick in. And you're going to start to save, save, and save in the last five years of your working career. Why you've spent the past 35 years blowing the money that you're making. Now tell me, does that, first of all, does that make sense? The answer is no. Hopefully the answer is no. If you say, yeah, that makes perfect perfect sense, Monkey, because I don't really want to save while I'm young. I want to enjoy my life. It's another argument that I hear that I call complete BS on. You want to enjoy your life, huh? 
what what do you classify as enjoying your life? Because I, I think I've had a pretty enjoyable life myself while saving 50% of my income. It's not like I'm uh, holding in my uh, apartment and I don't go anywhere. I travel. I've been to all 48 states. Traveled to many international countries. About six. So I've been everywhere. Spent a lot of money. Earned a lot of money. Saved a lot of money. Does that mean I'm not getting the most out of life? No, absolutely not. I just have the discipline to be able to say, first, I save for myself. What's left over, I spend for myself. So I prioritize savings. Not when I'm afraid. Actually, when I'm afraid, when there's fear and uncertainty, that's when I tend to pounce with my savings. If I have any extra cash sitting, that's when I tend to get that cash deployed as well. And I say, let it all go. Let it all go in the market and see uh, what it does for me. Versus the opposite of people when they get afraid, they start to save and hold on to every penny. No, I'm the opposite. When I get afraid, I, I dump every penny in the stock market. This usually means stock prices are a little bit depressed uh, because of the fear and uncertainty. But back to the example of retirement, because it's all something that uh, we, we don't put in the forefront of our minds until it's too late and... When it's too late and the fear kicks in when you're 55 or 60, I promise you there's not enough money you can save over the next five years that will help you retire comfortably versus making the conscious decision today to put the money away up front from the top. As soon as the check comes in, separate the money from the top Put some away for your retirement. Put some away for your kid's college. Put some away for a rainy day fund. Put some away for whatever big purchase that you're planning in the next five to 10 years. And then, and then after all that, you can spend. But I know many of you probably won't listen to this advice. You probably will just say, well, this guy is uh, cuckoo. He, uh, he's had cuckoo cereal this morning for breakfast. Maybe I have, right? Maybe I am not the norm. Maybe f- saving 50% of your income is not the norm. But I can tell you this one thing. I know you can do it. Because April 2020, the savings rate was 33%. So I know you can do it. Now, it's a question of whether you want to do it or not. That is more of a psychological thing than, again, I'm not your therapist, nor do I want to be. I'm not really a psychology expert, but I do know with myself, when I am afraid and when certain uncertainty in my life, whether it be with work or money or any uncertainty, right, there's a fire that might be lit under you to make some changes to make sure that you're protected going forward. But how in the world do we go from a savings rate uh, in, in April 2020 of 33% to then all the way back down uh, to 9.4% in June of 2021? That, to me, is just, it's, it's mind-boggling. Did people forget what happened last year? Like, they, they've already forgotten and gotten back to buying cars, buying houses, Overpaying for this, overpaying for that. Why? Why are you doing that? And if you're out there and you're listening, you're saying, well, you know, I'm not doing that. Well, I'm going to challenge you because I've even found myself sometimes doing that. 
And I have this system, and I always share this with my clients, but I like to share it with you guys too. Take out a highlighter and print out your statement. I know we all get electronic statements now, so the banks don't really want us to see this. Maybe I should tell this what the banks don't want you to know. Um, But if you have a debit card or a credit card, print out your statement for the past uh, 30-day statement, so June or July's, doesn't matter. Whichever one you think you spent less on is what I challenge you to do because the one you spend more on, you don't even want to see. But print that out and highlight your spending. And I know some of your credit card companies, they're super fancy. They do this for you, so you might be able to do that. But I still like getting the old highlighter out and feeling a fresh sheet of paper You know, with the printer ink not even drying yet. Then you highlight it and it smears the ink. I still like doing that. Call me old school. But print that out and... Sit down if, you, if you're married, if you have a spouse, sit down with them and do it together. If you're single, um, then just do it on your own. That's fine. You might have to hold yourself accountable or find a, a buddy to hold you accountable. But get a few different highlighters, two colors. Uh, I like to use blue and yellow, but you could use whatever two colors you'd like. And let's say for the color yellow, that is your needs and for the color blue, that is your wants. And I want you to go ahead and color that statement up. It should look like a uh, like a big rainbow when you're done with it. But yellow and blue, yellow and blue, highlight until you get to the end. And then you just add up what you highlighted were your needs and add up what you highlighted that were your wants. And if that wants balance is bigger than your needs balance, you have a big problem. That's one. Two... All those uh, wants that you highlighted, those should all turn into savings the next month, right? Because wants are a luxury item. Wants are, well, I already have, you know, six six towels, but I want six more. That's 12 because I want to do laundry every, every other week. So I hate the fact that I have six towels. It's an inconvenience to my life to do laundry once a week. So I'm going to go ahead and get six more. That's a want, right? So are you going to prioritize those six towels over saving for your retirement? You better not. If you plan on retiring and having any towels, you better not. So that's the kind of thinking I want you to get into uh, and stop only saving when you're afraid. Start saving every single time you're paid. Start making savings the priority and not the exception only when you're afraid. Also, can you stop being afraid? Uh, A lot of people that uh, become afraid of, I don't know, this great uncertainty in the world. Oh, this doomsday scenario that's always looming above their heads. How the heck are you enjoying your life? Once you uh, get on a simple budget, if you that's what you need, or once you uh, master how to manage your, your money and every dollar in your budget has an assignment, which it should, and every dollar has a purpose, and I'm talking about every dollar, like not There should be no dollar that's assigned going into a vending machine. I'm being dead serious. There better not be a dollar in your budget that's going into a vending machine. That's not a need. I guarantee you that. Instead, that dollar should be going into your retirement account. That dollar should be going into your 529. That dollar should be going into your emergency fund. That dollar has a bigger purpose than going into the vending machine. 
But back on the topic of fear, and if you continue to be afraid that bad stuff will happen, unfortunately, bad stuff will happen. It's like you can't live in a bubble where nothing bad will ever happen. It's just part of life. We have to accept that as, as, as human beings. There's so many things that are out of our control, and it's part of life. But do you want bad stuff to happen and you have half a million dollars of net worth? Or do you want bad stuff to happen and you have $400 to your name, right? Because it's kind of inevitable that bad stuff will happen. But you can't control that. But you can control how much money you're going to have. Um, I don't know, for those of you that don't know, I know I did a live stream on this, but I recently quit my job in March of of 2021 to kind of become a full, full-time full YouTuber and become self-employed, do the podcasting, uh, really run my financial coaching business, uh, ramp that up, and just kind of do this stuff on my own. I, I figured I don't need an employer anymore. And to a lot of people, that might seem scary. There's a lot of uncertainty, especially I didn't know in April how big my check was going to be for the first time in a long time. I said, how big is my check? I didn't know. Right, I couldn't. I could have worked a thousand hours. Well, is there a thousand hours in a month? No, I don't think there is. One hundred sixty-eight hours a week. Yeah, I'm uh, overestimating. Let's say I worked one hundred sixty-eight hours a week. I never slept for a whole month. I still wouldn't be able to generate enough money than I had in March. But all of a sudden, May came around, June came around, and the money started getting a little bit better. Then July rolled around. It was a really good month. Again, that's scary to a lot of people when you don't know where your next paycheck is going to come from. For me, I use that type of fear to motivate myself to work harder, motivate myself to put out better content, and motivate myself to grow my business bigger and bigger. But that type of fear, it should not have you lay down and say, oh, I can't do it, or I... I'm never going to be able to pay off this student loan. So if the government's saying no interest or you don't have to make a payment, I'm not going to make a payment. No, 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 no. That's not how this works. Now's the time when there's so much fear out there. Now's the time to be paying off your student loans. Now's the time to be paying down your mortgages. Now's the time not to be buying a car. Now's the time not to be buying a new property. You don't need a new pair of shoes or a new purse. You don't need that stuff right now. Right now, you need cash. I know people will go out there and tell you, I always love this too, cash is trash, right? I get this a lot. Cash is trash. Why are you using your own cash? Inflation. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, okay. If you hold cash long term, it's trash. Like cash as an investment is trash. But there's something about cash in times of uncertainty where it's probably the best thing you can have. It's a safety blanket. It's one of those soft, fluffy pillows that if you fall and trip, instead of busting your head on the concrete, you bust your head in a pile of cash. It kind of softens the blow. Makes the landing a lot easier. So if you're out there listening, I want to encourage you, please, please, after you're done listening to this podcast, First of all, figure out what is your savings rate month to month. And every month could be different, I understand. I'm not saying you need to be at 15% every single month. I get that. Um, set a goal to aim for once you figure out what it is. Let's say you figure out your savings rate 
set a goal to double that savings rate in the next six months and have one month at least in the next six that allows you to double it. I know you can do it. There's no way you shouldn't be able to. And then from there, you just keep on trying to double it, trying to double it. And then before you know it, you're going to be at 50%. Now, for some of you, 50% is impossible. I get that. Um, You're going to have to figure out your current income situation and how to make that better. And I can't tell you how to do that unless um, I talk to you. But figure something out. Get another job if you have to. Get a second job if you have to. Get a part-time gig, a side hustle. I started my YouTube channel in October of 2019 while I was still fully employed as a full-time employee to start a side hustle. And now I've created that side hustle into my full hustle, my full-time hustle. So figure something out. Don't use excuses. Get your savings rates up before the next uh, uh, fearful thing comes, whether it's this new uh, strand of COVID, whether it's uh, what's going on uh, in uh, Afghanistan, whether it's some unforeseen thing we probably can't even predict. Don't be in a, in a situation where you're not going to have the money when you need it the most. So start getting your savings rates up today. Let this be that fear. Uh, let this be that uh, warning that bad stuff can happen. And if you don't save and if you don't prepare yourself for it, you're going to be in trouble. We're going to spend the rest of this week to putting out episodes talking about stuff It's one of my favorite things to talk about. I love getting into arguments with people over their stuff. People are so territorial about stuff. uh, You can't, you wouldn't believe it, right? Like if I just walked up to a random stranger uh, or not even a random stranger, if if somebody's complaining to me, oh, I don't have money. I just tell them to pull out everything they have in their pocket. And it's probably going to be worth over a thousand dollars in their pocket. And then the, the way I really get them upset after that is I tell them, you know, you're you're complaining you don't have money, but you're carrying around $1,000 in your pocket with your cell phone, right? I, on the other hand, have money, and I'm carrying around, well, up until recently, I, I did actually upgrade phones after four four years, I think it was, but I retired my iPhone, uh, was it a six or a seven? I don't remember which one I had, but I retired and I got a... Uh, I uh, got a deal when I switched for a brand new phone for free. Not that it's really free, but it was free. But other than that, you know, I don't spend money on stuff that doesn't bring me value. Um, And especially if I didn't have money, I wouldn't have that stuff. Um, If my income was cut to zero, I wouldn't be getting new phones. I wouldn't be getting new shoes. I wouldn't be getting new clothes. Um, I would be more focused on my retirement accounts. Um, so next time somebody, and I'll spend another episode fully talking about this stuff, but next time somebody complains to you about they don't have money, just ask them, what kind of stuff do you have? And uh, they'll, they'll tell you, they'll tell you a, a, a big a, a story of their life, basically, and a big picture of why they don't have money because they have stuff. But that's going to be it for this episode, episode number 26. Now, I do want to go ahead and see if we've had any new reviews on the podcast. And by the way, guys, there is no way for me to grow this podcast without you guys sharing it and without you guys leaving a review and a rating on the uh, Apple podcast side. So please, if you think this could be beneficial to a friend, a family member, a loved one, share this podcast with them too. 
If you'd be so kind to leave me a review and a rating on the Apple Podcast, I'd really appreciate it. And we did get one last uh, Tuesday. This one is from Stanza987. It was a five-star rating. So Stanza987, thank you very much for that. And the review reads like this. Mucky is always dropping great knowledge about index funds and how to invest for the future. My favorite part about listening to this podcast is how Mucky breaks complex topics down into a digestible format. He is very passionate about the topic and his love for index funds truly shows throughout in this podcast. He is an educator at heart, but he is a humble but he is humble about knowing his limitations. He is always trying to learn more while bringing you along for the journey. I love that. Thank you, uh, Stanza987, for that very kind uh, review. I really appreciate it. Um, You guys can do the same if you want yours read live on the air here. And one last uh, piece of, uh, uh, not strategy, one last uh, uh, piece of news before I let you go is I have decided to start a second YouTube channel called The Mulcahy Finance Show. Um, That is going to be directly correlated to the recordings of this podcast. So the way it's going to work, and it's going to take about a week or so for me to get all this uh, together, but the way it's going to work is there will be a live show on YouTube. And then um, if you miss that, there will also be a video replay of that on YouTube. And there will be an audio recording clip on the podcast. So if you're driving and you you don't want to watch the video, you can listen to the podcast. If you are laying in bed and you want to watch the video and don't want to listen to the podcast, then watch the video. So I'm giving you guys multiple options there. Uh, That will be coming soon. So please, if you're not already, subscribe to the second channel. It's the Mucky Finance Show. You'll see the red logo. Thank you for listening. And as always, guys, remember, move obstacles, keep investing.